Hey there, welcome to the Rim Church Podcast. We're so glad you found us. The Rim Church is based in San Antonio, Texas, and we believe in loving Jesus, building family, and changing the world. Wherever you find yourself today, we trust that it is not by accident that you're listening to this message, and we believe that God has something to speak to you right where you are. For more information on what we're all about, go ahead and visit us at therim.church or follow us on Instagram and Facebook. We hope you enjoy the message. The church, you can have a seat. Happy 4th of July. That's pretty exciting, right? We made it to July 4th. I think this is, uh, I was just made aware of today that this happens only once every seven years that it falls on a Sunday, uh, which is pretty cool that we're experiencing it together this morning. And if we haven't had a chance to meet yet, My name is Austin Johnson, and if someone has not already told you, welcome to The Rim. Welcome to The Rim Church. We're really excited that you're here. If this is your first time, a couple of things that may be of interest to you. If at any point I bore you, hopefully that doesn't happen, but you need some extra coffee, there's coffee in the back by the new here sign. And if you need to use the bathroom at any point, to these doors right over here, there's a bathroom, there's a sign that says bathroom this way. Now today, we are kicking off a new sermon series called, When a Church Prays. Cool. Okay, we're excited about prayer. I love it. When a church, oh, that's pretty cool. I haven't actually seen that yet. When a church prays. And we as a church, we'll just be upfront with you of, we're not trying to be a perfect church. We're not trying to be a church that pretends like it has it all figured out. But we actually, we talked about the very very beginning of the year. Our definition of discipleship is the process of becoming who Jesus would be if he were you. And then helping others to do the same. And so absolutely everything we do, we try and look at it through that lens. Any sermon series we go through, anything we do as a church, not just is it helping us look perfect or appear perfect, but practically is it actually helping us to be who Jesus would be if he were us and then help others to do the same. So the title of today's message is When a Church Prays. And over the next four weeks, that's what we're going to talk about. What actually happens when a church prays. Uh, We've been doing our best, if this is your first time with us, to actually preach out of our Bible reading plan. Uh, But if you read the book of Galatians this past week, there's not a whole lot about prayer. It's more about circumcision and the law. And if you're interested in finding more about that, I'd love to grab coffee with you and maybe give you the sermon of Galatians later. But basically, the story of Galatians is Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Jesus plus nothing equals salvation, equals everything. That's another sermon for another day, like I said, because we're jumping into prayer. And you've probably, if you've been with us the last couple of months, you've probably heard us talk about prayer quite a bit. Uh, Pastor Drew, he talked about uh, several weeks ago that you look at how many people show up on a Sunday and you'll see how popular the preacher is. But look at how many people are in the prayer meeting and you'll see how popular Jesus actually is. We just want to go, hey, talking about prayer, it's like, man, it sounds kind of boring if we're honest. Like for some of us, like, ah, like the idea of praying, it's like, cool. Like I know that's something I'm supposed to be doing. But we go as a church, like we actually believe like when a church prays, things begin to happen. We care so much about it, about not having this super sexy sermon series, but just going, we just need to pray. 
And we need to be a church that prays. And we want to take the next four weeks just to talk about what happens when a church prays. How can we pursue being a church that prays and not just praying in a transactional relationship with God. Not just showing up and telling God what he's doing or what he's not doing, a cosmic genie, but actually going, no, I heard from, from dad today. And he actually told me what we're moving into today. And I'm walking in a place of knowing him. So the title of today's message, if you're taking notes, is called House of Prayer. House of Prayer. And our target is we're going to move from God's house to your house because your house is actually God's house. We're going to look at moving from God's house to your house because your house is actually God's house. So if you would, meet me in the book of Matthew, chapter 21. Matthew chapter 21, specifically verse 13. Matthew, 20, Matthew 21, verse 13 says this. We're just going to read this one verse. Jesus says, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you make it a den of robbers. Do you see what Jesus just said there? What is his house going to be called? A house of prayer. Jesus is saying, hey, God's house, his house is meant to be a house of prayer. But I wonder if Jesus walked through that door, what would he find? Would he find this to be a house of preaching or a house of prayer? Would it to, he find it to be a house of singing or a house of prayer? Or even what if, what if all we ever did when we came here was we prayed? Like every Sunday for an hour a week, all we did was pray. I just wonder, how many of us would actually call that church? How many of us would go, ah, like I'm kind of missing the singing the songs and the sermon. All those things are good. I think are part of it. But if all we ever did was pray, would we actually be content to just sit with Jesus? Of Jesus going, hey, my house will be called a house of prayer. And so we just want to go as a church, we want to be a house of prayer and figure out what does that actually mean together. So Jesus is actually quoting a passage from the prophet Isaiah here. And God prophesied that his house has always meant to be a house of prayer for all nations, for all people. And so Jesus is pointing it back to, hey, you've kind of missed the idea You've been turning my house into doing a lot of things and actually using it to, for your own profit. But you're not praying. You're not a people of prayer. And we said this before. When we talk about prayer, this isn't just like, okay, we show up, we tell God our troubles of what's going on, and like, God, I need you to fix this. I need you to fix this. I need you to fix this. Oh, and by the way, like, my car broke, and I need you to fix that too. No, God cares about what's going on in our life, and we get to tell him our needs, but it's not just meant to be this one-sided relationship. I've heard this idea, I was reading a book about prayer, and there's this idea of when you're in a conversation with an expert, who do you want to do the most talking? The expert, right? If I'm, if I'm, try, if I'm really bad at math, Lashad lead, uh, owns a mathnasium, uh, and I need help with math, I would be really foolish to try and hang out with Lashad and then tell him everything he needs to know about math because I'm the one that needs to be tutored about math. But for some reason, when it comes to praying to God, who does the most talking? 
We do. But when we actually are going to someone who's supposed to know absolutely everything, why don't we do the most listening? We have two ears for one for a reason and one mouth for a reason. I don't know if you knew this, but God actually speaks. Like he actually speaks, which is pretty crazy. You look all throughout Old Testament, New Testament. Like we, Our house church was looking at Acts 13 this past week. And it says, the Holy Spirit said. And then they did it. Like God actually speaks. I think the issue isn't that God isn't speaking. We just can't hear him. We're so busy doing things that we don't actually have a posture to be able to receive what it is he wants to speak to us. Do you want to hear from God? I think all of us would say yes. But so many of us want to hear from God on our own terms. In the midst of our busy lives. You look at the story of Moses. He's on the mountain. He's listening for God. God doesn't come in the fire. He doesn't come in the great wind. He comes in the whisper and in the silence. And so many of us, we want God to show up in the fire because that means we don't have to change anything about our lives. And we still get to be in control. But are we willing to just stop? Maybe be silent. Maybe say no to some things because we actually want to hear God speak because he is speaking. We just can't probably hear him. And that's why we're doing this sermon series. Every great movement of God, any great disciple-making movement, all it really is is a prayer and fasting movement with discipleship laid on top of it. So if we're not a church that prays, history would say not a whole lot is ever going to happen. And so we just want, that's why we're doing the sermon series. Even today, this message is going to be pretty short, relatively speaking, because we want to actually spend extra time praying. It'd be kind of foolish to do a sermon series on prayer and not actually pray together. So God desires his house to be a house of prayer, but not just his house. It's supposed to move to your house. It's supposed to move to your house. Look with me at Acts chapter 2. Actually, I forgot to bring my Bible up here, so let me turn as well to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. They were all together in one place. And what this doesn't show you is in Acts chapter 1, they were all together in one place. What were they doing? Praying and fasting. And then what happens? Fire comes from heaven. And to really understand the significance of this and the significance of it moving from God's house to your house, you actually need to see the story of 2 Chronicles 7. I won't make you go there, but listen to what it says. As soon as Solomon finished his prayer, fire came down from heaven and it consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. In 2 Chronicles chapter 7, Solomon was dedicating the tabernacle. It's a big word if you've never been in church before. Super simple tabernacle was the place that God was meant to meet with man. That was his house. So fire came from heaven to symbolize that this was God's house. His presence was there. And actually in 1 Chronicles, I believe it's chapter 26, 
The same thing happens when King David prays for the land that the tabernacle was going to be on. God's fire came from heaven symbolizing that this was his place, this was his house, where he was doing something new. And when you see the symbolism of the Old Testament, of fire coming down and resting on God's house, you see the incredible nature of Acts chapter 2. Fire comes down not on a place, but on people. That's the good news of the New Testament. It moves from God's house and it's moving into your house. God's doing a new thing. We're not just meant to show up to a building once a week that we call the house of God. That's the Old Testament. God's house is no longer confined to just one place. And the fire of Acts 2 is the same symbol that God gave in 2 Chronicles 7 that this is now his house, your house. What started in God's house in the Old Testament moves into your house in the New Testament. So we just need to see, Acts chapter 2, what does that tell us? We don't just come here to pray. We don't just come to a building, to a place to pray and to experience God. It's meant to move from God's house to your house. It's meant to move from God's house to your house because your house is actually God's house. Listen to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you? Whom you have from God, you are not your own. I'll read it one more time. Do you not know that your body is a temple, tabernacle, of the Holy Spirit within you? Whom you have from God, you are not your own. It moves from God's house to your house, but your house is actually God's house. If you've said yes to Jesus, your house isn't your house anymore. Your house, who you are, it actually is now a tabernacle, a place where the presence of God dwells. And Acts chapter 2 symbolizes that. Your house is now God's house. So let me ask you the same question I asked this earlier. If Jesus walked through that door, what would he find in this place? Would he find a house of preaching, a house of singing, or a house of prayer? Same thing. If Jesus walked into your house, what would he find? Would he find a house of prayer? Of us actually getting in a place of, one, being able to be honest of this isn't just, a, okay, I now, after this today, I have prayer figured out. That's why we're doing a sermon series on prayer, so we can help figure it out together. But it's just being honest that Jesus says his house is meant to be a house of prayer. And us just being honest of going, I don't think it is if we're honest. We don't, I don't know how to pray. I don't know how to have a non-transactional relationship with God. But that's what Jesus says his house is. And so we as a church, that's why we're doing this. We, doesn't, we really don't care about the opinions of, of man, but the opinion of God. And if he says his house is a house of prayer, we want to pursue what that means, even if we have absolutely no idea how to do it. But his spirit does. And it doesn't just start in this place. It's meant to move from this place to your place because your place is his place. Christians might, must not only be people of the book who love and do what the Lord reveals in the scripture. We must be people of prayer who depend on God for every good thing. So this is what we're doing, the sermon series. God's house is called to be a house of prayer. When a church prays, we see in the book of Esther that God rescues his people. In the story of Moses, we see that God preserves his people. 
We see that Paul, in the story of Paul, that God delivers from physical chains. Jesus talks about prayer and fasting delivering from spiritual chains. God transforms the heart of man. We see in Ephesians all throughout Scripture, when a church prays, things happen. Again, this isn't just going, God, I need this, I want that. And by the way, if you've got a little extra time, because you do this too, it's going. You're the expert here. I want to stop and listen. And I'm going, I, I don't know how to stop and listen. I'm kind of trying a 30-day journey of just stopping and listening. And I'm four days in. One of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. Like actually stopping. But this morning, I, th- I think I started to actually, okay, we're four days in. We're just being silent. Okay, babe, God, I feel like we're, we're getting somewhere. And it just takes time. It's practice, right? Sometimes you have to have actually be, learn to fail and learn what's not from God before you can actually learn what is from God. But why don't we pray? Probably because we actually are afraid of what God's going to say to us. Maybe we're just lazy. Maybe we don't want to put in the effort. Because if God actually speaks, we kind of then have to probably do what he says, right? If I never hear God speak, I never actually have to deal with it. Why do we keep doing things? Because we want to be in control. But when we stop and recognize the world keeps moving without us, it's kind of scary. You recognize that you're not in control. So as we go on this journey together, I'll just say this. There's two books I'd maybe recommend that we're reading as a staff that may be really helpful for you uh, as we're all going on this journey together. Number one is called Chair Time. C-H-A-I-R. Not share time, but chair you sit, chair, time. Uh, it's by a guy named Dan Sutherland. Dan Sutherland. Um, the second book is called Forgotten Power. I don't know who wrote the book, but Google does. So I'd highly recommend you looking it up on Google. That's what we're reading as a staff. And so we'd love for you to join us in reading those things. Because like I said, Jesus says his house is going to be a house of prayer. This message isn't necessarily meant to be super exciting. Uh, but more of just we should probably pray because God's word says that his house is a house of prayer and his house is moving to your house in Acts chapter 2, but your house is actually his house. That's my sermon. That's it. Uh, and now we're going we're gonna to spend some time praying together. And it's, let me say this, over the next four weeks, there'll probably be moments where it may be a little awkward, maybe a little weird, because if we're honest, we don't know how to pray. But are we willing to be a people that pursue not just reading it, okay, this is a house of prayer, but actually becoming people that pray? That is two totally different things. I can know a lot about something, but to actually sit and hear from God and learn to hear from God. I think it's Matthew or John 8 or 9. Jesus is the good shepherd. My sheep know my voice. But what's also in that passage is there are a lot of false shepherds that are looking and trying to get our attention. For us to actually hear the voice of our shepherd, we have to learn to separate the false shepherds from the shepherd's voice. And that takes time. So as we go on this journey, be encouraged. I don't have it figured out. We don't have it figured out, but Jesus does. And it's the same Jesus yesterday, the same Jesus today, and it's the same spirit that fell on Acts chapter 2 that fills us and actually lets us listen. But are we willing to wait? Maybe in silence. So we will invite you on this journey. So this is what we're going to do. 
I'll give you 120 seconds just to stop. And from the maybe rushed, maybe chaotic things that I just said, but Jesus, what are you saying to me? What are you speaking to me about prayer? Maybe what's keeping me from prayer? What's been preventing me from praying? And then maybe what's one small thing that I can practically do to begin to become a house of prayer because it moves from God's house to your house because your house is God's house. Take 120 seconds and then we're gonna worship and we're gonna spend some time actually praying and actually trying this out together. Thanks so much for listening. We hope that today's message resonated with you. It's our hope that you wouldn't be merely inspired, but that you would actually be transformed by something you heard today. At the Rim Church, we always ask two questions when processing God's word. What is God saying to you? And what are you going to do about it? We encourage you to take a moment, reflect, and then to share with a friend or send us a message. We'd love to hear what God is teaching you and how we can help you take your next step in obedience. Until we meet again, we love you, church.